Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, you have brought us life through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, everlasting life. Father, Father, I just pray, Lord, that we today might have that desire to know you more and more and to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind. And that we might walk worthy of thee. Father, bless our time now in the word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'll take your Bibles with me this morning. We're not going to the, um, our series in First John. But we're going to the book of Judges. So if you'll take your Bibles, turn to the book of Judges chapter 5. We're going to start there. Every Mother's Day, I, I try and find a woman in Scripture that, that can teach us lessons for our journey of faith. And the Lord brought me to this particular woman, and uh, she has a title, A Mother in Israel. A Mother in Israel. Now, if you weren't looking at where we're turning and I asked you who is the mother of Israel in the Bible who would you think of probably Sarah maybe or some some other uh, woman of great renown but look with me at Judges chapter 5 and drop down to verse 7. Now, chapter 5 is called the Song of Deborah. The Song of Deborah and Barak. But especially the Song of Deborah. She wrote this and sang it after the victory that God brought to the children of Israel against their enemy. But as this whole chapter... Uh, is, is the song that she wrote, entire chapter. But I want you to look at her song, what she says in verse 7, okay? So this is Deborah. She writes, the, the peasantry ceased. They ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose... A mother in Israel. There it is. She gives her own self this title. She calls herself a mother in Israel. Not the mother of Israel, but in Israel. But she uses this term because she is someone that God has chosen and set apart to serve him as a prophetess, as a judge in, a, in Israel when they had no king. And w I believe that in the short story we have of Deborah, we can glean many wonderful lessons to each, for each one of us, not just for mothers, but I want you to see her role as a mother in Israel. 
because in a sense, that was kind of the role God gave her, overseeing the children of Israel. She was the judge. And now if you'll look at the setting, turn to, back to uh, Judges chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ahud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. And the commander of his army was Sisera, who had lived in Garasheth, Hagoin. And the children of Israel then cried to the Lord, for he, the king of Jabin, the king, he had 900 chariots, and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Now, if you recall the, the, the book of Judges and, and its themes, there is one theme that prevails, and it's basically a cycle that happened to the children of Israel when they had no king yet. King, uh, king uh, David had not arrived, or King Saul. But we see the cycle begins with the sin of the nation. Notice it says there in verse 1. And this, is, this basically is, uh, uh, this phrase is mentioned throughout the book of Judges. Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now it says here after Ehud died. Ehud was the, the judge previous to Deborah. Deborah is actually the third judge in Israel. But basically the cycle of Israel was they would sin. Then God would chastise them and they would suffer for their sin. They would cry out to God for help and deliverance. God would send them a deliverer, which we call a judge. And that deliverer, God would use to free Israel from their enemy and give them deliverance and victory. But then what would happen after the victory and everything? They're, they're back to normal and there's peace in the land. Uh, when there's prosperity and peace, that is when the enemy gets in. And Israel started back again into idolatry. And so they began to sin again. And that's the cycle that, that we find in Judges. So here we are, we've come to that cycle again where Israel has now sinned and have been, has been sinning against God. And so God chooses a, a special individual to be a judge. And this happens to be a woman. A woman. Look at verse 4 with me. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at this time. So here we've, we are first presented with this woman, Deborah. What do we know about her? First of all... Uh, the name Deborah. Deborah means 
Ready for this? Honeybee. Yeah. Deborah means honeybee. Now, I'm trying, as I think of any Debras or Debs we have in our church, uh, the only one I can think of is Deb Atkins. So, Jim, there he is up there. Uh, Yeah, we see you, Jim. And uh, so, Jim, just want you to know that every morning when you say, good morning, Deb, you're really saying to her, good morning, honeybee. Okay. <laughs> oh, but remember, honeybees have stingers. Um, but you, you never know, right? But it's, it's an endearing word, isn't it? But that's basically what, what Deborah means. Uh, she was a prophetess as well as a judge. In other words, as a prophetess, God would give her a message to give to the children of Israel. Israel wanted to know, how do we get out of this mess, this, this, out of, and away from the enemy? How are we going to be delivered? And so uh, God would send the judge to be that person uh, who would give them the word of God and would, would tell them what God desires them to do and what he will do. So she would prophesy. But look at now with me at verse 5. And she used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel, in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. They came up to her for judgment. So there was this giant palm tree. And there was a chair there that was placed there. And Deborah would sit on it. And people from all over, the, the, uh, the children of Israel would come. When they had a dispute or a problem, this was the court. They would come to Deborah. And Deborah would, would make judgment on an issue. And decide, you know, which is right, which is wrong, who's right, who's wrong. And so she was this judge. You've heard of Judge Judy, right? Well, now we got Judge Deborah. And here she is under this palm tree, and she is judging the children of Israel. But the first spiritual quality that I want us to take with us this morning on Mother's Day This is for all of us. What do we see in this woman that we can apply to our own lives? The first thing is, first spiritual quality is, Deborah was a discerner of righteousness. Deborah was a discerner of righteousness. God put her in place to be a judge and a prophetess. But what did she do? She had to discern good and evil. She had to discern a situation and have asked for wisdom from God and God gave it to her. She was a discerner of righteousness. We see the same type of, of discernment of righteousness uh, when we read about Moses, when the people, people would come to Moses and with all their disputes and, and he would try and resolve them, but then that got to be too great. So he called 70 others, a good 
men of the tribes, and in num- the book of Numbers, uh, he made them judges so the people could go to the, these different men who were men of wisdom. But we see right here, I think, the wonderful truth that Deborah was a discerner of righteousness, and that is exactly what God would have you and I be, a discerner of righteousness in our life. Turn to John chapter 16, Gospel of John 16. And as we come to the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples up in the upper room there, John 16, 13. Jesus is now going to speak to them about, and he has been speaking about the Holy Spirit that Jesus is going to send after he, Jesus leaves them, after the cross, after the resurrection, and he ascends to his Father. So he speaks of the coming of the Holy Spirit, who will indwell the believer. Verse 13, but when he, the Spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, comes, he will what? Guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, hears from God the Father and God the Son, whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. And all things that the Father has are mine, and therefore I say that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying basically to his people, to his disciples, and to you and I this morning. I sent you my spirit. He is the one who's going to guide you into all truth. And, you, you, and we can put it in another way. He is going to help us discern our, our life and situations in righteousness. To make decisions that are wise. Decisions that will come from the knowledge of the Word of God as we line it up with the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit gives us that uh, that. Uh, mindset that understanding of how to make, how to judge and who am i to judge like deborah judged the people of israel but i am to judge according to christ and we find in the new testament i'm to judge myself aren't i we're good at we're good at judging each other aren't we so easy to to go oh, Man, did you, you know, and, and we start judging people and pointing out their faults in church. And, and uh, we don't like this that they do. And I wouldn't do it that way. And we judge people, their character, their spiritual um, maturity. And that not ought to be. Because God desires me first to look into in the mirror And be a discerner of righteousness concerning my heart and the way I'm living, my motives, my thoughts. Am am I, as I judge myself, am I guilty of, of, of wrong motives, of bad attitudes? Yes, we all fall into that. 
Don't turn to it, but 1 John 4.1. In 1 John 4.1, John wrote this. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test or discern. Same word. Test or discern the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. John is saying here, he's saying, believer, don't just believe everything that comes your way. But be a discerner of the spirits. Those who come to you and say certain things, and you and I have to discern what they say and say, if you hear some preacher on TV or you pick up a book, I have got to ask the Holy Spirit to give me discerning eyes to know whether it's true or not. And he will do that. He will give us discernment. So now turn back with me again to Judges chapter 4. So we go, go back. We saw the first spiritual quality in Deborah, a discerner of righteousness. Am I a discerner of righteousness? If not, I need to ask the Lord to help me to be that. But now look at, uh, come to verse 6. Now she sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded Go and march to Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulun. And I, and now this is God speaking through Deborah. This is a message from the Lord to Barak. And I will draw out to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon. And I will give him into your hand. I will give him into your hand. In these dark days of Israel, when they are under the oppression of the enemy, under the Canaanites, and this is because of their sin, God is now going to use Deborah as a deliverer. And God's going to deliver his people because they've cried out to him. And now so Deborah calls Barak and calls him and issues him a divine directive, a command from the Lord. And here it is. It's right there. She tells him exactly what God wants him to do. And then God tells him how God is going to do it, the rest of it. So basically, it's a command to get up and go. That's pretty much it. Oh, and take with you 10,000 men. And God's basically saying, I'll do the rest. So God gives uh, the word to Deborah. Deborah gives the word to Barak to commence their march and assure them that God has already gone before them. Notice that that tremendous uh, uh, statement there in verse 7. God says, I will draw out to you, Sisera. Not you, Barak. Not you and your 10,000 men. 
but I'm going to draw him out. In other words, God is in control. And I will give him into your hand. That's a promise. That's a guarantee. And the second spiritual quality then that we see in this woman, Deborah, is that she proclaimed the word of God. She proclaimed the word of God that was given to her by God. She brought that word and said, Barak, this is what God wants you to do. Thus saith the Lord. She proclaimed the word of God. Turn to Acts chapter 4 with me. Let's go over to Acts 4. And here the believers, this is after Peter and John uh, were arrested and brought before the, uh, the Sanhedrin, but then they were released. But the people, the, the, after the, uh, when they had been released, the believers said here in verse 29, Acts 4.29, look what they say. It's a prayer. And now, Lord, take note of their threats, the enemy, and grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence. That thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence. This is what God desires of you and I. With the strength and power of the Holy Spirit working in us, he wants us to be bold with the proclamation of the gospel and the word of God. Notice he says, they say, Lord, allow us to speak, with, speak your word with all confidence. How many times have you found yourself um, shy and and, and afraid to share truth, share God's word with someone that you know, you know the truth, you know God's word, and you know what they're doing is wrong, and they come to you, and maybe they, they, they have questions, and, and, and they're making bad decisions that are contrary to God's word. You have the answer right here in, in the scriptures to give them. And God wants us to be able to give wisdom and give his word to others and it may help them and guide them and point them in the right direction give them god's word but how often we shy away we shrink away from it we are all guilty of it i'm guilty of it you know and and you you find you look back and you go man i i should have said something i should have given that uh, you know that word of comfort from the scripture or the word of exhortation or what does god say about it so Deborah here, we see, she proclaimed the word of God. And that's a spiritual quality that should be in each one of us. Though some are, are, are more bold than others, some of you uh, feel more comfortable than others when it comes to speaking the word of God or sharing your faith. But this is what the Lord would have us do. Go back then now to... Judges 4, as we, we're going to go back and forth here, but we go back to Judges 4. And so she presents this command to Barak. Okay, so here's this soldier 
of Israel who's going to be the leader to lead the men into battle. Okay. Verse 8. Then Barak said to her, okay, this is after she just said, go with 10,000 men. God's going to win the battle for you. Then Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you won't go with me, I will not go. What a brave heart. You know, just, just jumps out at you. His bravery, you know, his courage. <laughs> oh, you, here is this guy, you know, and he, he receives the word. He receives the, uh, the word that God is going to fight for you. And, and he goes, hmm, I don't know about this, Deborah. I'll tell you what, though, the only way I'm going to go is if you go with me. So he needs a woman to go with him and to hold his hand. <laughs> Men, have you ever needed that with, from your wife? Yes. Well, you kids sure have needed that, right? When you're hurting or something or you're in trouble, you grab mom's hand and she's there for you and, 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 and you cling to it. And uh, did you ever get lost in a store or something, kids? Those kids that are here, most of them are gone. But you remember a time when maybe you were with your mother in a store, and all of a sudden you lost her. I'll, I'll never forget. I think I shared this some time ago. Uh, but, but we used to go to John Wanamaker's in Philadelphia for, to, just during Christmas. And they had the tree with a million lights and everything, a huge store with many, uh, many floors. And we went there. I went there as a child and I was with mom. And um, I just kind of mom was looking at something and I was walking over here, started drifting, looking over something. And then as, as I'm looking at, at something in the, in the, the counter, uh, then, then I reach up and I grab mom's hand. And then I go back over and I look and that's not mom. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and she, the lady says, uh, little boy, are you lost? Yeah, I guess so. I couldn't see mom anywhere. What'd she do? She went looking for me in this giant store. Yep, I was lost. I needed my mommy. <laughs> I didn't know where she was. I needed her to be with me. I was scared as a kid. All these, these uh, you know, people shopping and stomping around and figure I was going to be run over like cattle, you know, running by. But uh, finally, someone took me, says, uh, little boy, you're lost. Um, I'm going to take you over to uh, somebody who can help you find your mom. And so uh, they took me to a little center there, a security center, and I gave my name. And so they said over the loudspeaker system, will the mother of a little boy named Larry Griner please come to... Man, I was famous then. <laughs> that was the most famous I've ever been. 
And, uh, and boy, I heard my name and everything. But I was still scared. I needed mom. Boy, when I saw her, you know what's like when you're lost and then you're found and you find your mom. I, I just threw myself into her arms and, and I felt secure again. You see, Barak needed that. And sometimes, yes, we, we all need that. We sure need it from God, don't we? But what do we see here? We see in Barak a lack of faith, which many times I find myself missing. I, I don't have the faith I should have in trusting God to work out my situation, to, to work out my, my, my family issues, my, the problems, the things that, that I'm going through, a relationship. I don't have enough faith to trust God. And she, she uh, uh, looked at Barak. And now she could have said, after he said, I'm not going unless you go with me. She could have said, well, fine. Stay here, loser. You know? Yeah, you don't want to do, do God's will? All right, let's, let's just hang here. You know, just, uh, I, I'm not going with you. God gave you a command? No, what is it, Deborah? do look at verse 9 and she said i will surely go with you nevertheless <laughs> there's a condition something's going to happen she says i'm going to go with you okay i'll go with you nevertheless the honor of the victory of the battle the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take for the lord will sell sisera into the hands of a woman and then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kedesh. So she says to him, yes, I'll go with you. She didn't have to do that. Now, the woman, if you know the story, is Jael. J-A-E-L. And uh, it, it, it look, just look down. We're going to read it real quick. Because I think you guys, you kids that are here you'll love this look at verse uh let's pick it up at verse 17 okay so this is this is how after the battle is won and the and the uh the commander of the enemy sisera is running for his life running away and see god would have given this this commander into the hand of barak but barak needed deborah to go with him so Deborah says, well, you're not getting the, the honor for this. A woman's going to take care of the commander. God's going to give the honor to a woman. Verse 17. Now Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, turn aside, my master. Turn aside to me. Come here, don't be afraid. And he turned aside into her tent. And she covered him with a rug. Here, I'm going to hide you. I'll hide you so you don't get killed. And he said to her, please give me a drink of water, a little drink of water. For I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him a drink and then covered him up didn't just give him water that he asked for. She went beyond that and gave him milk. 
he's running scared and that would bring you know milk was comforting and it would help him maybe if he wanted to to take a nap (laughs) so she gives him milk and covers him with the with the blanket there with the fur and he said to her stand in the doorway of the tent and it shall be if anyone comes in and inquires of you say and says is there anyone there that you will say no in other words protect me but jail's jail heber's wife took a tent peg and seized a hammer in her hand okay some of you close your eyes and went secretly to him and drove the peg into his temple and it went through into the ground for he was sound asleep and exhausted so he died by the way the the women of israel were the ones that pitched the tents did you know that yeah so these are tough women you know so uh i mean she used she knew how to use um you know a, a mallet and a nail of a tent peg and so she decided i'll take care of this enemy of god bang and and god gave her the victory and the honor so this is this is what happened but we come here then uh to the third spiritual quality that we take with us from deborah's life what is the third one deborah encouraged the weaker brother deborah encouraged the weaker brother again he was weaker in his faith and she said to barak okay i will go with you she didn't reprimand him i mean she did say that well you're you're gonna lose the honor for this but she said i'll go with you turn to romans chapter 14 with me let's go to romans 14 and the apostle paul speaks about the weaker brother Romans 14, verse 1. And Paul puts it this way, concerning this spiritual quality, okay, of encouraging the weaker brother. Verse 1, Romans 14. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. We're good at that, that, aren't we? One man has faith that he may eat all things. Now, Paul's bringing up food as an example. One man has faith that he may eat all things. But he who is weak eats vegetables only. So, I'm, I'm sorry for those of you who are vegans. If you feel, uh, there are some that feel, well, for my body, there can, there's a conviction that I, I, I'm just going to eat vegetables because I think that the meat, the, you know, the, the beef and everything else like that is, is bad for me, all right? And it's not going to help me. And, and so that's your conviction. Whereas someone else has more of a freedom in, 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 in their conviction by saying, hey, let's go to Shady Maple, you know, and we're going to, and they go and they, they eat pretty much anything they want, but they, but they don't, their conscience isn't, isn't bothering them. So there are those that, that look at, at things in their life and, 
and that different than we do, other believers. And something that's a conviction in someone else's life uh, may be different than mine, but I am not to judge the one who may be considered weaker in their faith in just trusting that God is going to, this, is, this comes from God, and, and, I, and he's going to bless it. So uh, let's go on then. Look at verse 3. Let him... Let not him who eats regard with contempt him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has accepted him. Right there, what's he saying? Paul is saying, don't judge the weaker brother. Don't judge each other, but encourage the weaker brother. And that's what Deborah did with Barak. She encouraged him. Lord, am I an encourager of those that have a different conviction than I do? Or do I just tell them, no, this is, this is the way I do it. And, and we flaunt maybe our conviction in front of somebody else. And it displeases the Lord. Oh, what a beautiful spiritual characteristic in Deborah. But let's turn back to Judges 4 and we'll, we'll conclude here. If we go back to Judges 4... And see the end of the story. Verse 10. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali together to Kadesh. And 10,000 men went up with him. Deborah also went up with him. And by the way, 10,000 men. I mean, that's a puny army compared to what they were going to face. You know, Jabin and his military... Uh, they were outnumbered 10 to 1, at least. And, and they had this, this enemy had 900 chariots. So when you fought against chariots, basically, um, the, back then in ancient times, the army with the biggest toys wins. And that's basically what happened. They, those that had the chariots, which Israel basically never had chariots until Solomon, uh, they usually won every battle. You couldn't, couldn't win against chariots. But God says, I only want you to take 10,000, much like Gideon and his 300. So he says, take the 10,000. So he does it, and Deborah goes with him. Okay, verse 11. Then Heber the Kenite had separated himself from the Kenites, from the sons of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had pitched his tent as far away as the oak in Zamanin which is near Kedesh. Then they told Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Tabor. And Sisera called together all his chariots, 900 iron chariots, and all the people who were with him, from the uh, Karasheth Hagoim to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, here it is, verse 14. What is, it's time for the battle now. What does she say to him? She knows he needs encouragement. Deborah says to Barak, Arise, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Behold, the Lord has gone out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and with 10,000 men following him, verse 15, and the Lord 
who's, Who's winning the battle? God is, just like he promised. The Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots in the army as far as Harasheth, Haguim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not, not even one was left. We come to the fi- fourth and final character, spiritual characteristic in the life of Deborah that, that I desire and that that you and I, the, both, we all would, would, would follow. And that is, Deborah stood firm on the promises of God. Deborah stood firm on the promises of God. You see, she had already told Barak in the beginning, God's going to win this battle. Right? But now, it's time to do it. It doesn't look like Barak is too thrilled to get going. So she gives the battle cry. This warrior woman of heart gives the battle cry, arise. And she says, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. And I love this part. And let's end with this. She says, behold, the Lord has gone out before you. Behold, the Lord has gone out before you. That fourth spiritual characteristic, Deborah stood firm on the promises of God. She believed and was ready to act on the promise of God that the Lord would go before him and the army. And that's exactly what took place. Isaiah 41 Let's close there. Turn to Isaiah 41 with me. Our scripture reading today. Isaiah 41 verse 10. And I leave this, these promises with you. Isaiah 41 verse 10 to 13. God is saying to the children of Israel. Through Isaiah the prophet. Do not fear. For I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You may have enemies today. You have something, you have some kind of enemy going against you today. Satan is bringing against you. It could be anything from, from, uh, from f- fear, from someone, uh, a relationship, uh, you know, finances, your health, whatever that enemy is. God says, I am going before you. I am the Lord, your God, and I will help you. And he's going to take care of every enemy that comes into your life, dear Christian. He's going to help you. And then verse 12. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but you will not find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing 
and non-existent. In other words, leave the battle to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord, dear friend, this morning in your life. Verse 13, God says then, For I am the Lord your God who upholds you and upholds your right hand and who says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, I will help you. And as you leave here on this Mother's Day, and you go out and maybe you came with fears in your heart, whatever they are, stand firm upon God's promises. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. You are his child. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. He will help you and strengthen you in the time of battle. And just say, Lord, the battle's yours. Lord, help me not to fight it, but give it to you. Watch what God will do in your life. And you will begin to sense a peace and a courage that you haven't had in a while. And a joy. Because what have you done? You, said, you came to the Lord and said, Lord... You go before me. You said you would. I'm going to follow. And I'm going to leave the battle in your hands. And you'll sleep good at night. And you watch and see God fulfill his promise. Let's pray together. As we bow this morning before the Lord. Dear Christian. Perhaps there's one of these characteristics that you find lacking in your own life. But, but the Lord has been speaking to you this morning and, and saying, I want to give you the boldness to proclaim the gospel. I want you to be an encourager to the weaker brother. I want you to stand firm on my promises. And I want you to be a discerner of righteousness. Any of those characteristics that you find is lacking in your heart, in your life today, would you just ask the Lord to help you to grow in that area? Right now, Christian, just say, Lord, here it is. And Christian, in the battle you are up, you are up against right, right now, would you say, Lord, I believe in your promises. I'm standing firm on your word. Father, I believe that you go before me and you are in my heart. And Father, you have said the battle belongs to you. I trust you to fight my battle. Make that commitment this morning, Christian. If you're here without the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't know him as Savior. You don't know anything about this trusting God and calling on him and having him fight your battles. Jesus fought the battle on the cross for you when he died. Jesus took your sin upon himself, took the punishment for your sin there when he was nailed to that cross and his blood was shed. And he died for you that you could have forgiveness of sin and everlasting life as a free gift. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, do it now. Pray a simple prayer with me now. This simple prayer, something like this. If you want to give your heart to Christ and you believe that he is the Son of God and you know that you can only be saved through him, Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me and took the punishment for my sin. 
Come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I receive you today as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. With head still bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ, dear friend, you are now born again spiritually. You're born into God's family. You are now forgiven of your sins. You are robed in his righteousness and you have a home in heaven for you've been given everlasting life. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts through this wonderful woman, Deborah, that you used, Father, and that she glorified you. And Father, may we apply those spiritual characteristics to our own hearts and lives and take our commitments this morning, Father, and cement them in our minds and hearts that you might be glorified. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.